Well, you know, I used to stay in Hilton's before I got paid to stay in Hilton's. <laughs> Sorry. All right, Mexican McConaughey. <laughs> Welcome to episode 47 of Comical Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Corbett, and with me is... The return of Lord Horsticles. The return. Yeah, there was an imposter here last week. I'm trying to figure out who he was. I have no idea. <laughs> Apparently somebody else here has a lot of personalities, too. No, I, I was just playing on yours. Yeah. <laughs> so, one of my personalities is a woman? Yeah. I got problems. Yeah. <laughs> well, we already, we already knew that. You know, that's nothing new. <laughs> Well, it's good to have you back, man. I know you were sick last week. You missed Joshua Fialkov. That was kind of sucky, but I'm glad to have you back. I just wanted some time off. Is that what it was? Missed me too hard. <laughs> no. No, I was pretty sick, man. I'm kind of sad I missed it. I heard the – I listened to the podcast, obviously. And What would yeah. you think? Heather and I a good team? Yeah, I did pretty good. Yeah, I was pretty pleased. Uh, talking about I bring something to the table, but y'all couldn't describe what it was. That's accurate. <laughs> <laughs> and later when it came down to the, oh, he would love you. He knows how to suck up. And then he's like, oh, we know what he brings now. <laughs> well, we have Miguel back, and we also have my lovely wife, Heather. What's up? And we have a special guest on the show today, Mr. Hilton Ruiz. Hey, what's going on, guys? Thank you for having me. Yeah, we're happy to have you, man. Thank you. I thought the first name was Ariel. No, it's my well, it's the first. It, it, my first name is Hilton, and my middle name is Ariel. So you, either I go by three names, you know, Hilton Ariel Ruiz, but... People do call me just Hilton Ruiz, but the fact that I have put my middle name is that there is a, actually a famous musician by the name of Hilton Ruiz. And, I um, stole it from me. I no, you know, here's the thing, though. I, I, the funny thing, well, it's not funny. It's he, he's, he was murdered. He was a famous jazz musician, and he was yeah. murdered in Louisiana, raising money for Katrina. Yeah. And, you know, he's very popular in the jazz musician world and a lot of people just felt that that every time they met me or like when i was in school professors would call my name out or anything they'd be like hey is your father such and such that everybody always get confused believe it or not. i didn't think he was that big and, and i didn't even really realize it american beauty actually put him in the map he composed uh, i think he scored the film for american beauty yeah. and um every time people look up the name he would pop up so I would say, you know, I think I just need to use put my middle name in there and then just to uh, distinguish who I am and who um, the late Hilton Ruiz is. Cool. There you go. A little history story for you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you feel smart? It's, it's, it's pretty sad, too, you know, because the, the whole story came out that he actually slipped and they found out that he actually was murdered. This podcast taking a turn for the worse. Oh, it was last week. I know, right? You didn't even pronounce this man's name right. Say it with the flavor. Give it the flavor. I did it the best a white guy can. <laughs> yeah, it's all right. Arial, man. You're supposed to say it like that. Under the sea. <laughs> <laughs> call him Little Mermaid. That's so much worse than what I did. <laughs> I get, I get it all the time. You did. I had to get a little jab in there. Ah, it's all right. I, I, trust me, I got them all. When I was. Call me Hotel, Ramada, everything. I was doing that early day, too. <laughs> I used to get all those That's when awesome. I was in high school, especially playing, you know, sports. That was, like, my nickname. You know how everyone had a nickname in high school when they played sports in college? And that was, like, my nickname. It was, hey, Ramada, or hey, Hotel, or... It's, like, not even funny. You're, like, okay, you just called me a hotel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
and then they started getting a little bit worse. Then when Paris became popular, that was like the whole thing. Like, oh, Paris. Like, oh, <laughs> this is getting worse. Put, bring me back to the hotel names. I was actually was better with that. But you should have called him like a trash bag or some like inanimate object. That would have been great. Yeah. <laughs> Pick on your friend's slummy apartments. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, I used to stay in Hilton's before I got paid to stay in Hilton's. <laughs> Sorry. All right, Mexican McConaughey. <laughs> all right, all right. Excuse me. I see, I see, I see. <laughs> let's talk some comics. All right, man. Let's talk some comics. Are we ranting too much? No, no. That's fine. I know you want to get busy. What were you, <laughs> what were you top two books this week, man? Hey, number two is uh, Birthright number two. Oh, so freaking good. Josh Williamson writing and yes. Andre Bresson doing the art. Mm-hmm. Just a plain kick-ass book. Well, if you remember, we talked about Birthright. Issue one was in our top two as well. The kid has come back, and he's a full-blown adult, and he looks like Conan. He's all ripped and buff, and he's in the police station. Yeah. And they've confiscated his weapons, and, you know, they say we confiscated his weapons. You're thinking he might have a couple of daggers or maybe an axe or something. They go in the armory, and it's a whole table full of ridiculous <laughs> ways to kill people. He is the armory. He is the armory, Exactly. <laughs> So his family has come down and, you know, the dad instantly recognizes him, knows that he is his son. The brother thinks he's his, his brother. The mom is completely in denial, doesn't want to believe it, thinks that this person has something to do with her son's kidnapping, but won't accept that it's him. So the younger brother pleads with the police to let him go in and talk to his returned sibling. Mm-hmm. And the police relent. They're like, we'll have a guard right outside. If there's a problem, we'll come in and save him. So he goes in, he stirs up some emotions, and the kid who's come back basically says... If you're with me, brother, save me from this place and we'll go out there and we'll fight the evil together. And his brother's like, I don't know who you are. I can't do this with you. And he's like, well, I can't wait around. He just snaps his chains like Superman or something, busts out of the room and starts punching cops and throwing them into walls. (laughs) He goes in the armory and gets his sword. And I mean, it's it's an action packed issue. And it's flame on. I mean, it's completely different tone than the first one. The sword was on fire. Yeah. (laughs) Well, that's because of the other twist at the end of the first one, which I don't want to give away still. Right. But. If you're not reading Birthright, you're really missing out. Yeah, totally. It's such a good series. You should definitely go and pick it up. Issue one was fantastic. I it, it was actually that. my number one book this week. Yeah. So nice. I read it twice. Nice. Because <laughs> I like the ass whooping that was going on in there. Ooh, can I say ass whooping on this podcast? How long have I been here? <laughs> I, think, I, just, I think you're okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> such a great book. Such a great book. My number one, bringing back one that's been the hiatus for a while. But you know, it's one of my favorites. It's been in my top two like a bunch. Ten grand, number eleven. Ah, Straczynski's book. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love that book too. Uh, it was actually my number two. So we're <laughs> again right back where we were before on the same page, picking the same top two. Uh, this one is all about Joe. He's in hell. He's talking to the leader of the angels that are down there fighting the demons, and she's like, "What are you trying to do, Joe?" And he's like, "I'm going to kill that son of a bitch who took my wife from me. I don't give a shit about anything else. That guy's going to die." And the way the state of hell is right now, if he kills him, he basically evaporates into nothingness. Like, there's nowhere for him to go. Mm-hmm. So the angel's like, I'll let you do that. But first, you have to tell me how you figured out what our plan was. So Joe goes through the entire book and outlines every single thing that led up to him understanding the plan and doing things in the exact right way for it to work out in his favor. Showcases how smart he is, how he had a plan the entire time. And the angel's impressed. And she's just like, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, but don't forget, he also proved how shady they are. Oh, yeah. Because now you find out that the angels were a little dirty there. Oh, yeah. Well, they always are in these kind of stories, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, the angels are dirty and supernatural as well. So, you know, I'm starting to get that feel. <laughs> anytime, anytime there's a heaven and hell kind of thing, those angels have to play dirty because <laughs> hell's not going to be nice, you know? No, they don't play fair? Yeah, they don't play fair. Okay. 
Man, Joe is awesome. I love Joe. Straight up kicking ass. He's smart. Knows the game. Knows how to play the game. Plays the game better than the Angels or the Devils. Yes. What can you say, man? Straczynski's on fire! <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I loved it. Like I said, it was my number two book. So we got the same ones and twos, just reverse, eh? Yeah. All right, well, then I guess I'll jump to the pick of the week. All right. My pick of the week is another good favorite from another good friend of ours from the show. Bringing it back. Mercenary C number seven. Kel Simons and Matt Reynolds. Straight up. Fighting, shooting, machine guns, planes, boats, torpedoes. What is not to love? I still can't get over how amazing Matt Reynolds' art style is. It's so different from anybody else out there. The colors are so vibrant. Everything in the book just pops. You know, you, you see the, the guys from the submarine, and they're still trying to hunt down that island, the mystical island from the first issue that hasn't really been brought up again since then. Mm-hmm. And they find a little scroll artifact that has a scroll inside of it. So they go back to Japanese-controlled China, and they're fighting their way through to go and try to talk to this one antiques dealer who might know where the map inside the antique is pointing them to. So they work their way back there, find out, and then hightail it out of there. Well, you remember a couple of issues back, the leader of the Japanese Imperial Navy was trying to track him down and kill him. Mm-hmm. He's still hot on their tail, so he shows oh, yeah. up right at the end. A lot of killing, a lot of cool dialogue, and the artwork is just beautiful. I loved it as well. Well, you know, there was a few other books that I had in this spot, but Mercenary, see, we were talking about how it appeals to me. So what was your pick of the week? Uh, my pick of the week is a brand new book from Image called Tooth and Claw, number one. Uh, it's written by Kurt Busiak and drawn by Benjamin Dewey. Hmm. It's a $3 book, which a lot of image titles are, but it's a 44-page story with no ads. Good Lord. So it's a hell of a deal for the first issue. I, I highly recommend going out and checking it out. It's a high fantasy story, which usually doesn't translate well in comics. Like, you know, they're talking about magic and all these creatures and this whole huge world. It's a lot to take in in one, one issue. So the main character, as far as we know, is the son of this traitor who goes out and trades with all the other races, and he's a dog. They're, they're dog mm-hmm. people, trading with pig people, trading with cat people, and so on and so forth. A lot of anthropomorphic animals in this thing. Mm-hmm. So the son is learning from his dad how to do what he does. He's going through... How to be an ass. <laughs> well, not, not how to be an ass, but how to trade and how to you know be a man. Be an ass. In their society, sure. <laughs> and you know, there's a high council of mages that get together, and they're trying to figure out how they can revive magic in their world because it's dying. There's a lot of backstory behind all the races. But there's one kind of upstart within the council who's like, I have a way that might actually work. If you guys will submit to it, we can try it. And we might be able to open the door that will bring our champion back, the guy who originally brought magic to our world, and restore it. Well, the leader of the council is like, hell no. You can't do that because it will break magic. It will destroy the world. Don't even try it. You guys are crazy. Who listens, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> so, you know. No the, one the, ever. <laughs> do it. The upstart goes and behind his back recruits a bunch of the other council members and they get a bunch of mages together and they go to this special sacred place and they try to summon the champion who originally brought magic to the world. And it works, kind of. <laughs> uh, it also destroys their floating city and all of them plummet to the ground and there's a huge mass of bodies and, and crazy stuff going on. It's incredibly well done. It's definitely the best magic high fantasy comic I've ever seen. What's the title again on that? Uh, it's called Tooth and Claw. Tooth and claw. Okay. You're not going to risk anything going and picking it up. It's a $3 book. Like I said, 44 pages. It's a great bargain. It's a great bargain. Um, and I, I pretty much guarantee you're going to love it if you love high fantasy magic kind of stories. So I, I highly recommend checking it out. I think it was drawn very nicely, too. I li- and I, I like the artwork as well. Yeah, definitely. So that was my pick of the week. Pick that book up and it's heavy. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, holy crap. <laughs> Compared to the other ones, you know? uh, sometimes I like to feel like I'm getting my money's worth. <laughs> <laughs> really? You get by with a book with no words? Yeah. I'm group. <laughs> I was actually well done. <laughs> so, what about you, Hilton? Have you read anything recently that you want to talk about? 
You know, I it, I went to the comic book store, and you know, I'm a big fan of Rocky Raccoon. <laughs> and you know, every a lot of people are. You know, that was from old school days and everything. And they had this. Uh, I actually, I want to let you guys know if uh, you guys are interested. There was this uh, hardcover uh, Rocky Raccoon book selling for nine ninety nine. I couldn't. I couldn't resist. I had to buy it. It had all the four first four issues of the miniseries. Plus, it had the Hulk. Uh, in the Incredible Hulk edition, also inside of introducing the first Rocket appearance, Raccoon. right? Yes, that was uh, Mike Mignola's original miniseries for Rocket Raccoon. Yes, it's, it's a fun story. Yeah, and I just couldn't. It's a, like I said, it's a hardcover, and it has all the you know the first books, including the one with the Hulk, and also uh, it features another comic book in there. I forget the name of that one, but I just uh, I recommend somebody who's you know big fan of Rocket Raccoon to pick it up. I mean, I thought it was beautiful. It, you ever heard of a comic book called Pride in Baghdad? No. Uh, I was recommended this by one of the comic book guys there. He was t- I was telling him, you know, there's a, you know, since I'm doing films and everything, I had told him, you know, what would you think would make a great film? So the guy said, you know, this is graphic novel called Pride in Baghdad. And I picked it up and I looked it up and everything and, and won all these awards. And it's basically about these four lines that escape the Baghdad Zoo during the whole 2003 uh, U.S. Uh, invasion and the war and everything. And these lions, which was kind of weird because I'm looking at them, I was like, how did this guy see this being a film? Because it's about these animals and these lions that roam around Baghdad and show what's happening during the war with these animals and everything and how they view it how these animals view the war differently than humans. But it, was, it is beautiful. And um, I just thought it was kind of interesting also because I would never suggest that as being a film. But after looking at it and reading it, it's very more like more, you know, imagery and everything. And, right. Um, again, the, it's a beautiful artwork. Uh, it's like over 100 pages. And like I said, I looked it up to see, you know, if, if this was a popular. And it was. It, it won, I think, the best graphic novel of that year when, when it was released. And um, Yeah, we just looked it up. Actually, Brian K. Vaughn is the writer for it. And he's a fantastic writer. So I'm not surprised at all that it's a great book. Yeah, and I just said, "Wow!" I never saw it. and he and and you know the um, the gentleman who who recommended me the, the comic book, and I was like, you know, it's, I've never heard of this. And he was like, you know, it just he said it's one of those comic books that came out, and you know, I guess it had to do with the animals. It had nothing to do with like you know the whole superhero kind of thing. It just just one of those things that you had to look at it for what it was. Of course, the writer and the artwork, and uh, you had to really appreciate it. But I thought it was pretty uh, darn good. I mean, for you know uh, something that's kind of unconventional, you know, the ones that we usually read and everything like that. That was a very unconventional uh, comic book or graphic novel, as you want to call it. And again, like that's what I usually do when I go to the comic book store. I usually tell these guys, you know, what do you recommend for something to be, you know, to be a, a film? And um, I don't know. I just thought that you know, even though it would be a little bit complicated to to create that into a live action uh, film, it still would be really interesting. Somebody could pull it out. Yeah. Do you always go into uh, reading your comics, looking at them as a director, film writer kind of person? Yeah, I kind of do. I mean, when I was young, of course not, but I usually when I go in, I was like, I, I definitely do that. I try to like look at it and and, and try to imagine and visualize it in in the big screen. Well, you know, these days you can visualize anything to be in the big screen. I mean, even that 
talking about Pride in Baghdad. I mean, you can visualize that being in the big screen. So, yes, I definitely do. I mean, I look at things that are very, like, weird and quirky. I always pick up. But usually that's what I would do. And even, like, I started going back into uh, Godzilla comic books. And um, I used to have the the whole set of, I still have it somewhere, of all the Godzilla uh, comics. And when Marvel actually took it over also, I think it was in the 90s, I'm not sure exactly. I think when Marvel decided to take in Godzilla... I'm not sure if you guys into that whole big creature Godzilla comics or anything like that. Oh, Miguel is actually a huge Godzilla fan, and, and one of his sons is really into the comics. Yeah. Yeah. I've been a Godzilla guy since back in, man, when I was born in the 70s, watching the old school Godzilla. And I buy him the Godzilla, the Godzilla comics. I mean, I look at him, and I, I read them every once in a while, but... You know, I prefer watching the movies. <laughs> and, and and it's interesting when I saw the list that you had there, I didn't realize that that Lobo was in the list of the comics. Yeah, it's a new uh, series that just started. Yeah, and I saw it. And I'm like, wait a minute, and I, I looked it up, and I was like, wow, uh, it seems like they're bringing it back. I mean, you guys know more about. Uh, well, Fat uh, Lobo was an imposter. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Basically, it invalidated all of the Lobo stories from the '90s because that Lobo that it was following was a clone or a imposter. Of the actual Lobo, who's the character in the new story, ah, okay. which is kind of an interesting take on it. Uh, this this guy is just as hyper violent as the first one was. He still talks trash to everybody and cracks jokes left and right, and you know he's a total badass like Lobo is supposed to be. And it's actually been really good. It's it's one of the better DC series we're reading. Yeah, no, I I saw that list and I, I was really shocked when I saw. It. I was like, wait a minute. Uh, I remember um, what was it, like in the nineties, right? Correct. Mm-hmm. Shocked that we had DC books or shocked that we had love? <laughs> <laughs> Batman Eternal, Arkham Manor. Mostly Batman books. We're, we're big mm-hmm. Batman guys. Suicide Squad, Harley Quinn. I don't know about new Suicide Squad. No, I have no confidence. to cut that. <laughs> Deathstroke. Deathstroke's really good, yeah. Well, let's do a quick ad for our sponsor. Okay. Uh, tweakedaudio.com. All right. If you enjoy listening to podcasts, you should purchase some Tweaked Audio headphones because they sound amazing on those headphones. Yes, they do. Uh, go to tweakedaudio.com. They have seven different styles of headphones and seven different colors, including Miguel's and Heather's favorite, wood. Yeah, she said she'd buy wood. <laughs> I wouldn't buy wood. That's what I want to know. Wood's not technically a color, but it is a cool design for some earphones. Um, it feels good in your ear, baby. Whoa. <laughs> They have the internal earbuds, they have the over-the-ear covers, they have, they have everything you could possibly want. It's a great site, tweakedaudio.com. Use promo code COMICAL, and you'll get one-third off the cost of your order, plus free shipping anywhere worldwide. Yeah, they're great. Put them in, and I can't hear you. That's exactly right. They, they're noise-canceling. <laughs> they have a flat cable design, which prevents tangling. And they make a hell of a great Christmas gift. So Tell since Christmas is coming up. That's why you can't hear shit. <laughs> <laughs> the funny part is when she said she brought up the wood in your ear stuff. All I could think about was the Family Guy skit. We yeah. have to do it in the ears. It's <laughs> oh abstinence, God. right? <laughs> so Peter's like, shut up, Meg. <laughs> Buy these headphones and you can be abstinent too. Nice. <laughs> That's a terrible ad. <laughs> the best ad ever, shit. <laughs> and I know you can't tangle them because I've been trying to tangle those things forever. Yeah. They're great. I have to buy a few more here pretty soon. Like I said, they make great Christmas gifts. <laughs> so one last time, tweakedaudio.com, promo code COMICAL. Exactly. Well, let's talk a little bit about uh, Hilton's uh, series. Uh, we didn't really tell what he did at the beginning of the show, but he has a web series called Zombie with a Shotgun, and I'll let him take the floor and tell you guys a little bit about it. Oh, thank you. Uh, well, Zombie with a Shotgun, right now, it's about five episodes are available online. Two years ago, we decided to create uh, a web series, and basically, you know, the whole zombie genre, of course, is not 
you know, no one's inventing the wheel here and creating a whole zombie project or web series film, whatever you want to call it. It was pretty difficult trying to figure out, you know, how we're going to do something that's going to be out of the box. What's going to be so different about it? Well, the first thing was to try to figure out a name that's very catchy, which this is really catchy, Zombie with a Shotgun. It's funny because the title uh, can be misleading because when you watch the web series, it has this very serious tone of it. You know, it's basically we're actually going to be the point of seeing the point of view of the zombie of his infection, which uh, we find out when you watch the episodes that he can never be actually full-blooded zombie. But he will always have the characteristics of it. And he will always have this, the human characteristics as well, both in hand in hand. And he will be able to communicate like a human and have the same characteristics where he can't really, he's like a living dead. And we try to figure out through this whole web series of how exactly he's got the virus, what the virus is all about, and what is he going to do about it. The first episode actually took off very well. And you could go on. Man, you could Google Zombie with a Shotgun and you'll see it. You could get it. You could go to zombiewithashotgun.com or vimeo.com slash zombie with a shotgun or even youtube.com slash zombie with a shotgun. You can see the episodes there. And when we did the first, going back to when we were doing the first episode, a lot of people started emailing and writing these articles about, wow, the, the different look of the zombie. So I really didn't think about it at, the, at first of how the series was going to be taken, people was going to take it serious or whatever. But it just kept on and kept on getting emails getting all these articles, kept on coming out, keep on doing it. So we just kept on doing it. And we were slowly and surely doing it in the last two years, mainly because the actors don't live in New York City. They, they One lives in California, and the other one lives in Iowa. So um, they do fly when we do an episode, so that's really good. And I think, but not all the time because they're always busy working. But I was really lucky that, you know, as you know, doing a project, it's really hard to have somebody to stay in the project and not leave the project. But they really believed in it, and they saw the very popularity it was getting. Now we're up to the fifth episode. I and mean, what is next to do to keep on explaining this zombie web series, the next episode? I had decided, you know what, I definitely would love to raise money to make it into a big feature film, get a more big budget, and explain the story how it should be. Of course, that takes a process. It takes long. So I felt that maybe the best thing for me to do is continue it through a comic book. So instead, I'm going to take it from the fifth episode where it is right now and start up. Uh, the zombie with a shotgun comic book and have that comic book continue from where it's left off and possibly maybe down the road we'll do another episode to catch up on the story but it's getting harder due to the fact again because of the actors where they're at and what they do for a living yeah so i hooked up with um an artist who um, i'm not sure if you guys heard of the near death comic no i haven't heard of that yeah, it's uh, Image Comics. I think they have like 11 or 12 episodes out right now. It's called Near Death. Hooked up with the artist of that. We're working on it right now and hoping the beginning of next year we'll have the first issue of Zombie with a Shotgun. So that's where we're at right now. And again, anybody's interested to look it up, you can go to zombiewithashotgun.tumblr.com and you can basically see the promo page that's up there that shows the artist. The artist is named Simon Mini. Hopefully, I pronounced the last name right. But, <laughs> you know, it's Italian I last the, name. I saw the the picture that you have up there. It's really quite good, actually. Yes, he's a great artist. Again, if you could go online right now where you're at and look up the comic book called Near Death from Image Comics. Uh, he's the artist of that comic book. Um, it's actually a great story, too. It's um, about a man who gets a second chance in life where he was a hitman at one time. And he now helps people uh, instead of being a hitman. 
it's a really good like series. Uh, um, I'm not sure if the series is continuing. Uh, like I said, I'm not sure if you have it online. I think 11 to 12 episodes is out right now as we speak. But um, that's right now where we at, and um, I'm really excited to get the comic book out because again, I, I really feel that Design with a Shotgun is becoming a brand now, and it's starting to get a lot of people in tune to the web series. I'm getting people telling me all the time, "When are we gonna do the next episode?" And I said, "You know what? Let me give them the comic book, the graphic novel. I think it definitely can help a hand." Uh, down the road where we can definitely get more traction to get a feature-length film raised through the the elements that we all have, which is the web series and, and, and the, the graphic novel. So that's uh, what's happening now. You know, I'm still I'm getting interest from a lot of people that are trying to figure out what to do. And so, are, so you, that, are you self-financing everything that you're doing? Or are you planning on doing any of it through Kickstarter or something like that? I'm doing it. I'm, I'm self-financing it right now. You know, the Kickstarter Indiegogo, it's, it's really good. Um, you know, I always look at it as, you know, it's, it's crowdfunding, you know, so it's basically your crowd. You know, is my crowd really going to fund me? No. But I just feel like, you know, when you know the opportunities there to do it do it I, I'm, I'm a guy that does, doesn't like to wait and uh by going to to indiegogo and, and kickstarter i don't know how that can take time or anything but that's not to say that i i, I won't do it down the road i think um, you might actually be surprised because i mean you already have content you can put out there to show yes you're playing i'm doing and, and a lot and a lot, a lot of, of people kickstarters are missing when they originally start so if you already have that up front You'll draw a lot of people you don't know who already aren't supporting you that might be interested in. Yeah, and you know that's what a lot of people is telling me, and I do kind of uh, agree what you say because a lot of the campaigns that are out there, it's an idea, and with this you actually couldn't you can see the work, you can see it's there, and it's not like an idea to say, hey, you know, here I'm here to raise money, and this is what we want you to show people this is what we want to do where this with design with a shotgun it's already there is a product you can see how it's going to look just you know raise money so that's why i say i'm i don't i'm not going to close the door on that completely because uh i think that you know it there may be a calling for it where i should do it and as you said that i'll be really surprised that the people's going to say hey I'll back this up. Yeah. How did you go about choosing the actors for the web series? Well, in, in filmmaking and in low-budget filmmaking and, and independent filmmaking, as you know, it's, it's a low budget. It's no, no studio or anything like that. I always feel it's really important. The actors is really important. And it's a lot of times, you know, doing a lot of films and short projects I've done for many years. In the beginning, I used to get the person who can always be the good actor, the actor that can perform his ass off. But, you know, he doesn't play the part. He doesn't look the part. But he can do his performance. He can do his monologue. He can do all this. So I learned that, you know what? I'm going to get the guy who can fit the look. And then fit the look, then we can see if he can you know, act and do it. So that's really important. Um, I went into looking for people that, you know, look pretty, look good-looking, very good-looking people that can actually be eye candy to the project. And Braden, who is the star of the film, uh, who is plays Aaron Walker in Zombie with a Shotgun, um, he was a pretty good friend of mine that, you know, I knew he was, he's done big campaigns all over the world for, for modeling and anything. And he wanted to break into the filmmaking and do a project. Mm-hmm. And we did a short film together. And I, we looked in the screen and said, wow, dude, you, you pop right off the screen. And that's when I approached him the idea. I said, look, I have this website. He's like, well, dude, I want to do it. So I, I, he looked perfect for the role. He looked great. And Linnea was also a model that I choose to play the part with him. And then from there, you know, picking the, the other roles, like the first episode, you know, it's just picking that person that plays the part. You know, you got the guy that kind of looks like a hillbilly guy there. You know, he's uh, yeah. 
yeah. know, he's a big he's an actor here that you know he does all like it's funny because now he's in the Santa mode. He he works for like the next two months playing Santa Claus. He gets big money doing it, so he does all these things. And the police officer get this big you know six six guy you know. And when everything works out, it, it worked out very well. And I think you know that's you know it's a team effort. Guys, yeah. and, uh, I, I definitely thought you you picked the actors quite well. And I thought they really fit the roles in which they're playing. So I was really impressed uh, by that. Thank you. Yeah, I, 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 you know, it doesn't all the time work, but this one it actually did work. And as you see, um, Braden, who is the actor who plays Aaron Walker, he is zombie with a shotgun. You know, like, dude, you, you, you nailed it. That's you. <laughs> so it's great. And I think that's, um, you know, Emo Linnea, and I think that's why they kept on with the project like i said it's been two years and telling them, you know let's come to new york meet me here let's do let's do an episode and never complain never they were like let's do it it's really hard to find actors to do that yeah, yeah I'm sure, sure. I'm sure. I, I don't doubt it i couldn't imagine yeah. doing that so i mean i could imagine doing it i'm a musician on the side so i i totally get you know have a job we'll travel you know so. <laughs> yeah i i, I <laughs> It, it it is it's sometimes I'm like wow you guys you know I, I really you know glad that you guys and they said no we 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 want to keep on going and they know about what the comic book they're like really excited they Braden he might be coming down on December and uh, there's a possibility we might be shooting another episode if he comes down to New York and um, we might go for uh, what the fans been asking for and a lot of the fans been asking they want to see blood and gore <laughs> so you know because if you watch the f- the five episodes there's not that so called you know you you see the title this is zombie with a shotgun and then you have the the story has this kind of like the very of shotgun be- shots are off camera yeah it's there and there's no gore there's no blood and you know it, it has this kind of like love story into it which i really wanted to you know put in the very beginning of the first episode to show that there is a relationship here and you know to bring that out and and the fans do like it they do love it they just say hey you know what just give me so give us something more you know just you it know, was so. just a little taste right yeah so i, I think they're we're not going to do probably not like an episode. We're probably going to give like a teaser kind of thing. So it's going to be like Zion with a shotgun teaser promotion kind of thing. You yeah. know, just show, you know, uh, what's looking up ahead uh, on the next episodes if we get down that road. But again, again, I'm really excited to comic book and see how that would turn out. I think that's a great idea. Do a teaser for sure. Yeah, thanks. I, I, think, I think that would work. So do you have the full story already planned out in your mind like is there a definite beginning and ending to this or is it just going for, to for, for the graphic novel yeah yes we i already um wrote the script out and gave it to simon uh we and then simon read it over and then we uh he sketched it out and we're gonna put all the panels up and everything and he basically we left it to a cliffhanger to the second uh issue um, and it, it actually the, the the pieces of for the comic book actually came from the script because i did write a full-length featured film for the zombie with a shotgun because you know in this industry you never know what can happen somebody says hey i like your product you have the story i say sure right here so i have the script so it was very it was no problem when you know simon and i we 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 collaborated and simon says hey you know do you have the story i was like yeah i'll give it to you tomorrow you know so whatever you whenever you got one and i have it i just had to like dissect the, the the pieces you know to to give them i didn't want to give them the whole script i just dissected to say i think this is great for one issue we take uh, took a slice of scenes from the from the comic book i actually started a little bit more later into the comic because I, I felt that i wanted to start the action right away 
because again I wanted it to continue from the fifth episode then starting from the very beginning and have this kind of like slow kind of pace to like start to build the tempo up just said let's start it off and we both agree let's start it off right away that where the action starts and we get it rolling I think that translates and, better in comics because like the film or the the web series or whatever visual medium you can do the slower build and have more ambience and more stuff going on in the background to kind of like build up that sensation of involvement Whereas with comic books, you kind of have to hit the ground running. Yeah, and you know, and and that's his genre too. You know, I mean, I love comic books, but you know, he, you know, of course, like you guys, you guys know so much more than I do, and he knows so much more than I do. And now was talking to him, I tell him, hey, you know, you let me know. You know, you've been doing this for a while. What is it that you feel? I said, should we start off the, you know, right off the map? You know, he's like, yeah, that's the way to do it. I said, cool. So that's uh, um, that's how we're gonna do it. How long did it take you to write the script? It took, I would say, the, it took the first, I would say, two months. And then I would went to go into another draft. It probably took like another month. And then I took time off because I feel like when you take time off and come back to it, ideas come out and then you read and you're like, what the hell did I write this for? <laughs> you know, it took probably a good, like, I would say like six to eight months putting it all together and reading all, you know, the grammar mistakes and everything going back and forth. And even like now, like, like you know, I go back and say, hey, let me change this scene. Even when Simon and I was talking, I said, you know what, I'm going to change this scene. But it took like about a good six, eight months because, you know, I wanted to make it right. As we all know, and as I repeated my, repeat myself again, you know, the zombie genre, it's, it's, you know, I'm not inventing the wheel. We've seen it hundreds of times. We've seen what's going on and what's happening with The Walking Dead and, and, and trying to get uh, away from that. You know, it's, it's pretty difficult to get away from that. And But it is, yeah. I don't want to say it, but it is opposite from The Walking Dead. You know, we're not going to see humans surviving. We're actually going to be seeing zombies trying to survive. Yeah, and this is what this is about: zombies surviving, and um, get to see again Aaron Walker, who is the main character in in the, in the story. Uh, try to figure out, you know, what he's going to do. Is he going to be the savior for the zombies, or is he not going to be the savior for the zombies? And you know, again, you know, I try to get away from that whole, you know, Walking Dead surviving in the, the forest for surviving. That there is none of that in this in in, in the comic book. There's going to be none whatsoever of people trying to survive the zombie apocalypse so did you name him did you give him his last name walker ironically not ironically at the, we when we was doing the film uh me and Braden, who's the star of the film we just right away say you know i said aaron and he's like oh, i was walker i was like aaron walker that's it and then after a while i was like oh hey, wait a minute so that's uh you know how that's how it stuck so i say hey you know i just keep it like that when I hear the name Walker, I always think Walker, Texas Ranger. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, even in the film, even in the web series, you really don't even hear his last name. Even in the, the comic book, you won't even hear his last name. We just said, you know what, that was was put in the script, and I left it there like that. I said, hey, you know what, just put it there. I think it's great that you're doing a story about, you know, focusing on the zombies rather than just focusing on the human aspect of it. You know, you're you're taking kind of their side and saying, okay, wait, you know, the zombies have a say. I think that's cool. Like yeah, yeah, that's exactly what you know I wanted, and that's why I wanted to go with the comic book because you know the low budget, we won't be able to create all these zombies with makeup being so much money, and you know massive amounts of makeup artists come on right. board and create it. So just going to the comic book would be so much easier to show it visually on the comic book, and then once you you know flip the pages and have these zombies that you have that starts to um, you know it, it, it it's going to be totally like different where they get to actually. 
understand each other and know each other and and through aaron walker's strengths and 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 abilities he tries to he 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 is able to communicate with them in some way somehow where they support him and and uh and that's where you know even if you watch the web series and you watch like the third or fourth episode you get to see that i i try to put that in a, a very small element in there where he's able to be able to communicate with the the zombie and that's why the the, the the web series started getting a little bit more like people started getting attention saying, huh, that was that was pretty cool, you know. So, again, going to the comic book world, I wanted to show that even more. And, you know, I don't want to give the story too much, but down the road, he's going to find another person that has the same abilities that he has. And it gets to have almost kind of like these zombies versus these zombies. And it starts to get really cool and uh, different, you know. Um, if yeah. you, like I said, if you want to call it different again, because, again, zombies been done over and over and over. But in a way that I I never pictured him, never seen it. And that's the way I want I wanted to be able to do it. That's cool. It's really awesome. Cool. Thanks. And just like I said in the beginning of next year, um, of course, with Simon, um, you know, he has a busy schedule. You know, he's continuing with the near-death comic and working with this one, uh, which is probably going to you know, be difficult. But we back and forth. We're communicating back and forth on this is how this looks. What should we do in that? So I'm glad to have him on board. He's a great artist, and he knows what the hell he's doing. So I was lucky on, on having him and uh, supporting and understanding. And, you know, actually, you know, you have to have somebody that, that likes the project, you know, to be on board. So I, I, I like that. Do you have any other projects lined up, or is this the main focus for you right now? No, I, I do have other projects that I'm trying to create right now. Like this is the, this is something that um, took off on its own due to the fact, like I said, that so many uh, attention came on with articles and, and and podcasts, even with you guys. Thank you for having me again. Yeah, you know, awesome. wanted, happy to have you. Yeah, you know, people uh, um, wanted me to come on, talk, and interviews, and just I would say probably like once a week, I'll get an email say, hey. We want to interview. We want to have you an article. And I'm like, wow, I need to keep on doing this. But, you know, you know, everyone says, hey, why don't you go out and shoot the film? You know, I don't want to just shoot a zombie film. You know, I mean, anybody can do it. I need I want to do it right. right. So I said, you know what? I'm going to be able you know, I want to still continue it in some way, like with the web series and now with the comic book. And when that time comes right, where I'd be able to have the financial way of, of doing it the way I want to do it, I definitely want to take it bigger. But as in other projects, I'm, I'm actually working on a uh, um, low-budget feature horror film right now. I'm, I'm trying to gather all the, the uh, actors and everything right now to start shooting that. And again, a lot of people say, hey, why don't you do zombies? Like, no, you know, because, again, it's going to be a low-budget and it's not going to have that effect, you know, especially you have that big walking dead every Sunday. It's, you know, it's, it's, there's no competition, of course, but I want to do it right. Right. So that's... That. Yeah, so I want to be able to have that whole fancy visual, you know, come alive in the in the film, not the way, you know, okay, we can we can do this on low budget, but this is what we can only do. No, I don't want to do that. But again, just to answer questions, just, yes, I'm right now working on a low budget feature film and I'm trying to gather all the pieces and hopefully after the holidays we'll be able to shoot it. Cool. Great. I'm looking forward to that. I'll definitely update you guys. Awesome. Well, our next segment is a segment called Tell Me a Funny Story. And first of all, Miguel is going to tell us a short one, and then uh, we're going to ask you to tell us one as well, Hilton. No problem. You can go first, Miguel. Pulled up to the driveway and your dog barked at me. <laughs> now I'll go along the lines with the Halloween stuff. Took the kids out trick-or-treating. And that was pretty interesting. We're in your neighborhood, actually. 
And there's a guy back down this road that has a garage and he like decorated. It was pretty cool. You know, I had like the things hanging down. You couldn't really see a little smoke going and whatnot. The boys went in. I was standing outside talking to people, you know, some big tough looking dudes outside just talking. And camera comes out. Hey, man, go in there. Go in there. Go in there. Go check it out. Go in there. So I walk in. I look down. Like, I look in there creepy very slowly. Like, oh, okay. There's a spider on the floor. No big deal. I got this. I walk in. And a damn spider jumps at you. It literally comes like it's like in the corner. It like takes this massive leap at you real quick, as I didn't expect it. And because it looked like just one of those, like the one you have here around right the floor. I can guess how this ends. You spit <laughs> like a girl and ran out. <laughs> no, no, I jumped about <laughs> ten feet forward and went ah! <laughs> and everybody outside just started laughing. They're just cracking up, and I walked up to the guy around the corner. Dude sitting in the chair, just with the candy bucket, just sitting there, just cracking up. Dude almost fell out of his chair. Like everything with spiders. So, okay, that's fine. Well, two days later, we go to the haunted house. The um, actual haunted house. Yeah, we went to Red Rum Haunted House here in Rosenberg. And it was pretty cool, actually. You know, you walk in, it's dark as hell, first of all. And all you hear is chainsaws and people screaming and all kinds of craziness. So you walk in there, there's a guy on the floor, right, when you walk in. I'm thinking, this guy's going to stand up. So I walk by real quick. The wife walks by, and then the one boy walks by, and the younger boy just stops dead in his tracks. <laughs> and this thing stands up, and he just does not move. It's funny as hell. So I wait for them. I walk around the corner. You know this. You know this crap happens. People are going to jump at you. Yeah. So as one dude jumps and I swung. <laughs> I, I kind of swung. He didn't see the swing because it was dark, but I swung. <laughs> like, this almost got knocked out. <laughs> but uh, so he, ready for it, right? Wrong. Around the corner again. Boo. Ah. <laughs> it's like, you're not getting me anymore. Anyway. So the one guy kind of cruises out, and there's one little girl walking between us, like, screaming in people's ears. And the wife made the mistake of calling out the boy's name. So the rest of the night is like, read in, read. <laughs> it's creepy. But the one that did freak me out the most is when you walk through this damn hallway, and, like, it's moving left and right, and the lights are flashing. So, I mean, there's doors. I'm like, okay. Somebody's going to come out. These, by then, they weren't, they weren't freaking me out anymore by jumping out at me. But these doors are kind of like, okay, something's going to happen here. And so I walk, so I'm going to walk through this fast. So I kind of like zipped through it and didn't pay attention to it in front of me because it's a long hallway and it's an open space. And then there's like a shed, but you don't really see it because the way the lights are flashing and flickering, you can't really tell. Son of a freaking five foot eight clown or nine, ten clown runs out the freaking chainsaw right at you. Scared the shit out of me. <laughs> you son of a, I'm about to ready to swing because I'm. He busts out. <laughs> like, what the hell? Yes, it's the one that was sticking the That's tongue the one out. That's the one that made me. out with you? Yeah, he didn't make out with me. He was <laughs> sticking his tongue out me like, I'm going to eat you. <laughs> so the, the night that Miguel goes to the side of the house, he, he posts a picture of this clown on Twitter. And he says, uh, he slipped me the tongue. And I was like, when did you start making out with horror clowns? <laughs> and he responds, no, 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 no. I didn't make out with any clowns. He tasted me. And I'm like, wow, <laughs> that expedited quickly. <laughs> I said he was trying to taste me. He was like, I gotta kill you. And Miguel's like, no, 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 you don't understand. He didn't. He didn't know that I was Lord Horstcles. And I was like, <laughs> I don't know. It sounds pretty sleazy to me. <laughs> <laughs> but it was pretty cool. I mean, the, the clowns were like the best. There's like three or four clowns running around that horror haunted house. I mean, I got the crap. They got me a couple of times. The last one was the best one, and it took a while to go through the thing. It wasn't like two minutes and you're done. No, it took a while. But anyway, it was really cool, really nicely done. And, of course, you did the little zombie paintball gun thing. So, again, I'll give him a little plug, selfish plug here. Red Rum, Hot House in Richmond, Texas. This is a lot of fun and really cool. But, yeah, so that's a quick story. I got the crap scared on me two different days. you got to like that. And I swung. 
<laughs> Somebody gonna get knocked out. <laughs> I'm going to jail for punching the clown. <laughs> None of that surprises me. <laughs> we did a haunted house. Yeah, we did one too. Fearshire Farms up in Angleton. That's pretty freaky. It's pretty awesome. It's pretty good. Yeah, I heard it sounded pretty. The ha- the house itself sounded pretty freaking cool. It, it was pretty awesome, and apparently they have like real paranormal activity. So I was hoping to see like a ghost or some shit, but I got nothing. There were too many people. There is one part where you have to go down this giant slide, and uh, we went with one of Heather's coworkers and her mom, and Heather's leg is still kind of messed up from February, so she we we took the stairs, mm-hmm. yeah, we were and then uh, her mom went down the slide and was like, oh my god, because it's, it's like a rippled slide. I mean, it's like black <laughs> well, tubing. Uh-huh. So she got out, and she's like, oh, my, my ass hurts. Like, this is horrible. <laughs> but then uh, her coworker is a larger guy. I mean, he's big like me. So he goes down the thing, and we hear, uh... He comes shooting out of the bottom of the thing like a cartoon character. We thought he was going to fly through the wall. That's awesome. It was really funny. It was the funniest thing we ever seen. And then he gets off the slide and he says, Ruffles have ridges. Then he said, I have a wedgie. Nice. (laughs) Then he said he he had a wedgie and I was like, oh my God. Too much information. That's some funny stuff, man. What about you, Helton? You got a funny story for us? Yeah, you know, so before I go to my funny story, uh, I, I went to one um, one of those spooky walks last week, which was uh, it was a uh, Texas chainsaw guy with a chainsaw chasing people, and they had to actually stop it because one girl tripped and she fell flat on her face, and it was like horrible. Her face, oh. her, her teeth, everything was just bad. They had to stop it. They stopped the whole thing. The, you know, they had the ambulance had to come. It was just really horrible. She just. People thought she died because she wouldn't get up. People were like, get up. Are you okay? The parents were there, and she just would not get up. We thought she died. Oh. She fell bah, flat on the concrete floor. Everyone had to stop everything, which is like, that was the horror. Of, that was a spooky walk of the whole thing. Like, wow, that was such a bad. It was just it was really, it was, was kind of, it was awful. But she uh, she got up, and they took her away. But it was, like, really bad. But anyway, <laughs> my, I have really quick, funny story Since we're in the whole comic book um, world of comic, and this actually has to do with a comic book store. Okay. So I saw this comic book store open for like the past year, and I kept driving by it, and I said, "All right, you know, I'm going to stop by one day just see what's going on." So well, it was one day I said, "I'm going to stop by because I wanted to get a comic book for my little girl." And, you know, she likes uh, the whole Powerpuff comic books and everything like that, and I was the only one in there going inside, and there was a man there fixing the comic books, and there was a, a lady behind the counter. So I told him. You got any girly magazines? <laughs> right? And I just didn't realize how I said it. Yeah. And she looks at me like, no. In the back. Miguel's yeah, afraid, and, Miguel's and, and of I just didn't I didn't realize well. Yeah, I didn't realize that I said that. But I just and then and then I looked the guy turns around, it has to be it was probably the son. He looks at me, he goes, No, we used to carry when we first opened, we don't carry them anymore. And I was like, <laughs> Okay. So I'm all right. Let me. I'm, I said, okay. Let me just look around. So I'm looking around the store, and I can see that <laughs> the lady in the counter is just looking at me like this pervert. You know, he wants girly magazines, and I'm looking around, looking around, and then I saw a girl comic book. Not a girl, like a, a pop. I saw a Simpsons, and then they had uh, some Disney uh, comics. I said, oh, you do have girly magazines. <laughs> and then he looks at me, and he goes. Oh, that's what you was talking about. And the, and the woman was looking at me. She says, oh, I thought you meant one of those mag- girly magazines, like porn magazines. I was like, oh, no, I did not. That's not what I did not mean. They all started laughing. And I thought it was just hilarious because it was just so uncomfortable in that store that 
you know, I was there for like five minutes. And I just felt the tension of these two <laughs> people looking at me saying, this guy's a pervert. <laughs> you know, he's looking for girly magazines and everything, but it was just funny. And then uh, they just started laughing and everything. And I bought a couple of those Disney comics books, but I, I made I made a mistake by saying girly magazine instead of saying girly comics. You could have just said, oh, I oh, okay. delivered to the house. <laughs> yeah, right. It was just it was just a little quick story since we're in the comic book thing. And I thought it was just funny how that all happened. That's pretty hilarious. That is pretty funny. I double dare you to ask that at Bedrock next Wednesday. <laughs> well, they, all, they all know me. They just be like, oh, yeah, they're in the back, Justin. <laughs> you protect those, wouldn't you? Sleeve them, back them, sell them on eBay. <laughs> the big comic book stores I've noticed here in Manhattan, they do have them like a huge section in them. Like really, you know, it, it, I wouldn't say like really trashy kind of like stuff, but really like very artsy kind of stuff they have. Not oh. like you like scum or whatever you want to call it <laughs> you know what i'm saying but it, it, they do have them there you know i'm gonna check those out when i come nice yeah yeah they have yeah a lot, a lot of like oh, they even have i think like they even sell like the whole um you, you know how they have the comic book models uh the toys you could paint them <laughs> her book would be dudes with a shotgun <laughs> <laughs> That's the next one you should write. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> Dudes with a shotgun. <laughs> wants to see that web series. <laughs> I, want, I want to see that web series. It's just for me. I don't want to see that web series. <laughs> Sorry, Helen. We're not watching that one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, you never know. That's something like that would go really far, too. <laughs> That's a whole different demographic. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes, it is. For sure. Well, let's, let's talk a little bit of uh, movie, TV, comics, news. What you got, man? What do you want to do first? Give me TV. That's fine. TV first? Mm-hmm. All right, so... Patrick Fugit has joined the cast of uh, Outcast, the TV show, based on Kirkman and Frank Arizetta's book. Oh. Uh, he's going to be playing Kyle Barnes, the main guy. Huh. So that's kind of cool. Creepy. Uh, <laughs> Gotham has apparently announced that Scarecrow is going to be one of the villains in the series, but it's not going to be the Scarecrow Jonathan Crane that we all know. It's going to be his dad. His dad is going to be the original Scarecrow. Nice. Okay. Uh, I kind of see that working. Do you like the fact that Zaz has been on already? Yeah, but I'm not sure how I feel about him being a goon. Hmm. You know, I, I liked him better when he was the just the homicidal killer. I think we're going to see that. Yeah, I'm sure it'll come out. Just got to love when he starts cutting himself. Yeah. <laughs> Things are going to go wrong for him that turns him into that, I'm sure. But that's not how he started. Uh-huh. Uh, so that's pretty much it for TV. Uh, movies, there's been some speculation that Hank Pym is actually going to be the person that created Ultron in ah. Avengers 2. Okay. Uh, I know that Marvel had said that Tony was responsible, but based on the synopsis that they put out, the wording makes it sound like Tony is responsible for activating Ultron but not actually creating him. Oh, okay. So there's a little bit of speculation. I think it would be good if they stuck with the actual oh. canon and made Hank Pym the person who was responsible for Ultron. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I won't be too upset if they make Tony Stark responsible. Mm-hmm. Uh, Idris Elba and Tom Hiddleston have uh, announced that they are going to be in Avengers 2. So we're going to see Asgard, apparently. Nice. There's also some other crazy news. Idris Elba was talking trash about Marvel movies and superhero movies, and he didn't like doing them because of all the wire work he has to do and the uncomfortable costumes and stuff. He feels like he's a... Well, he's... he's, he's, he's I can't think of his name. I can never pronounce his name. He's uh, the guy that guards it with the sword. Right. What the hell's his name? Heimdall. Heimdall. Thank you. Yeah. So I don't know why he's complaining. But he wants to fight more uh, giant monsters. <laughs> That must be. <laughs> he's only making a million dollars. I think he can get over the itchy costume. I could. Yeah, no, right. I'll be time to <laughs> Shit. It could give me a rash and I wouldn't fucking care. I could stand still for hours on it. Like, just give me some, like, uh, Benadryl cream and I'll be good. 
uh, you remember we talked about Channing Tatum playing Gambit? Yes. In the new X Men movie, uh-huh. and they talked about doing a Gambit spinoff. Right. That's actually in the works now. They've hired Josh Zetmer to write the script. Okay. He's the guy that did the script for the new RoboCop movie. Hmm. Okay. Which that was, was pretty good. It was okay. Name's yeah, Murphy. Bad. <laughs> <laughs> so you tell me Gambit's gonna dance? Step up five. <laughs> <laughs> A magic Gambit? No. <laughs> He's already got his staff out. We don't need to see any more of that. <laughs> what the hell's wrong All with right, you, man? All right, bringing dudes back. <laughs> oh, damn it. <laughs> Gambit with a shotgun. <laughs> uh, lastly, uh, Marvel Heroes 2015. It's a game. Apparently, Phil Coulson is going to be a playable character in the month of November. Jeez. There's an Omega event that goes on every month, and they have announced that Phil Coulson is a playable character for once. So... Somebody from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. making it into a game. Pre-messed up stuff inside Phil Coulson or messed up Phil Coulson? You know, sketching stuff on the wall, Phil Coulson. I don't know. That'd be kind of weird. You're playing a game and he just, like, stops doing stuff and starts <laughs> scratching <laughs> on the wall. <laughs> What's wrong? Oh, he's scratching crap on the wall. I'm out for two turns. Yeah, we got to leave, <laughs> leave him alone for a while. <laughs> so that's all the news for this week. Huh. Interesting, though. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I just want to remind everybody, if you enjoy the show, please go on iTunes and Stitcher and leave us a five-star review. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash comical podcast. Mm-hmm. On Twitter, I'm at comical podcast. Miguel's at comical podcast too. And Heather is at comical podcast three. Mm-hmm. If you want to find Hilton, you can find him at. You can find me at uh, com. You could also find me at uh, facebook.com slash shotgun. And if you want to view the videos, you can go to vimeo.com slash zombie with a shotgun or youtube.com slash zombie with a shotgun. And if you need like to contact me or anything like that, uh, you can contact me at zombiewebseries at gmail.com. Cool. We also want to let everybody know we're going to have another special guest next week. Uh, Miss Blake Northcutt, who's one of the writers for Comic Book Resources, is going to come on to talk about her new book, Final Empire. Nice. And uh, also some comic book stuff. So we're excited to have her on the show. Yeah, it should be a pretty fun show there. We've been following her. She's been following us for a while now. Yeah. She actually said she liked our stuff. Yeah. Hmm. Of course, we want to say thank you to uh, Mr. Hilton Ruiz for coming on. Say thank you. Dude, you left out the first name. Now you're talking no, about the dead first guy. name is Hilton. No, 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 you left out the middle name in the front. <laughs> <laughs> Hotel Romada. <laughs> <laughs> Hey. Guys, I really appreciate you guys having me in the show. We appreciate you coming on, man. It was a lot of fun. Yes, it was. Thank you. And take you out. <laughs> <laughs> the shotgun. And for everybody here, this is podcast of the shotgun. <laughs> Keep on laughing, bitches. What? You'll shoot us. <laughs>